There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Discover your inspiration to lead by hearing from those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others. We will learn about their unique leadership style and identify the shared qualities between those who do it tremendously well. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. All right, ladies and gents, the Lead with Empower podcast is back. We are entering the uh, the spring months here on a, on a strong note. We're joined this week by the woman, the myth, the legend, Dana Adamowitz. Did I nail the, the pronunciation? You, you I'm it. on it. I've been you practicing for weeks. Uh, <laughs> Dana is currently the HR, Human Resources Director for Empower Adventures Operations. So she oversees the HR operation uh, at our courses in Connecticut, Virginia, and Florida. Um, but I got to know Dana as I think she was fresh out of college back in 2010 on a cold, snowy February or January day back in 2010 uh, on our first day of guide training back then. But Dana has been a, a, a big part of the Empower family for over the past 10 years, 10 plus years. And uh, excited to have her on because she does a lot of the stuff that is completely behind the scenes. <laughs> there is no fun adventure involved in HR. It is a grinded out process. Um, but super excited to have you on, Dana. Thank you so much. How the heck are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, my pleasure. And and before we started recording, this is Dana's first time home alone without <laughs> husband and without children for quite some time. How How is, how's mom life? Mom life is good. I mean, it's not so different than taking, kind of helping a bunch of um, new guides through the course or anything like that, <laughs> keeping them on task and safe, you know, <laughs> that's good on task and safe. Right. That's all you can ask for. <laughs> um, how, every, everybody, uh, is everybody in good health? Obviously we're still in the, I think we're on the back stretch of who knows. I mean, every day there's something <laughs> different comes out, but all good on that front. Yeah, yeah, everybody's healthy and happy and growing and too fast, but everybody's good. And I know we have a big dinosaur fan in the family, so we might have to crop a dinosaur over your headshot for the podcast. Is that definitely right? Is that fair? (laughs) Um, so obviously, the, the, the pandemic has impacted everybody, every walk a lot, you know. I think, well, yeah just about everybody and you know it's impacted how school's done how sport is done how work is done i'm I, you know i'm assuming from you know a parental side of things it's probably had an impact as well talk a little bit like how's that been as far as like is this can we you know should we do this is it safe like how how, how have you gone because you're they're both your both children are young so it's, it's definitely important to keep them involved and engaged in fun stuff how has that gone for you and have you have you found some new activities that have been uh family favorites yeah it's um it's definitely rough especially as they're both too little for masks so that wasn't like that wasn't really an option for us but um i mean 
we we spent a lot of time at home and <laughs> that was okay <laughs> um luckily there is a, a private zoo up the road that we visit all the time um especially during the week there's very few people there even pre-pandemic uh so it's easy to social distance and you know get outside and run around um Unfortunately, CJ is um, not shy at all. <laughs> so keeping no. <laughs> away from people is challenging. We had a, an HVAC guy pretty early, um, probably last summer. Um, and he had come to take a look at our unit and CJ just ran up to him and gave him a big hug because <laughs> he hadn't seen a person in like a month. <laughs> um but yeah no i mean we're we're excited that you know people are getting vaccinated and we can get out of the house more because everybody's always happier when they get to go on an adventure even if it's just to the park or the zoo or something like that awesome awesome and is has there been you know when we were working side by side for many years i would describe you as a great adventurist and a a, a a great leader of people. I wouldn't. I wouldn't describe you as someone who was like into some of the traditional like backyard games, athletics, that type of stuff. I, <laughs> is it? Is there an activity that has stuck out to you since like you know the summer of last year that has been one of your favorites and why? That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> um, I will say that getting out of the house with two tiny humans is a lot more challenging than it was with just one like it's all hands on deck it is more work than it's worth most of the time <laughs> so we really don't get out adventuring much um but one of the things that uh has been a lot of fun and a way for at least me personally to be able to connect to people is um i spend a lot of time on the internet on uh platforms like twitch um, so I've made a lot of friends through that, uh, streaming platform, that game and do art and, um, just chatting. I mean, we have, um, hangouts, um, all the, once a week at least, and yep. I'll hop on the computer after the boys go to bed and have a drink with friends that way. Um, which is nice. Cause we also live really far away from our family anyway, in North Carolina now. So it's good to to be able to see faces and make new friends. And even if we can't do it in person. In the traditional sense yeah. that, you know, as they might say, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's a great segue because you're, you're from up here in Connecticut as is Chris and you've had a couple pretty good size, you know, not across the country, out of the country, but pretty good size moves, you know, as far as going from a spot where, you know, I, I can't speak to Chris, but I, I've got, I got to know a lot of your family over the years mm -hmm. and, you know, aunts and parents and that type of, <laughs> like how, how hard, how big of a challenge was that? And, and, and think, you know, I think from like that self-leadership standpoint, that ability to like, it's could be a big out of comfort zone thing. Talk a little bit about that dynamic, uh, those internal battles, maybe. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, you know, Chris and I have, we had always talked about potentially leaving Connecticut. So it, when he had gotten the job offer, um, saying yes was super easy. Mm -hmm. um, going through the motions was a lot harder. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, you know, getting the licenses and all that is moving and packing and unpacking is always a headache, no matter where you're, how far you go. Uh, but being away from friends and family was definitely 
um it it was a big challenge we we cj was three months old when we moved too yeah. so him you know i was sent videos constantly and um luckily though we lived you know about an hour outside of nashville so people visited every like probably every other month we had visitors which was great whether yep. it was family or friends or or something like that which was really nice and um but it's it was hard it's hard to like you know it's easy to call up a friend and be like oh let's go out and meet for drinks or dinner or whatever on saturday and it's when it's like it's like oh well, what do we do where do we go <laughs> it's a new place <laughs> we don't know anything that's good and um you know making friends uh as an adult is hard <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's uh it was just one of those things where it was like okay well you know we we found out a nice winery down the road that cj could run and play and um we made friends with some of the the tent bartenders there and they taught us about <laughs> other places we'd go that go like once a week and uh just do a tasting and then they'd be like okay you gotta check out this restaurant <laughs> and then just kind of do that uh the new places we explored and and just you know make those human connections because yep. those are important for sure absolutely and it, yeah it's building those relationships with the right people too that can point you in the right direction <laughs> um it's great and you brought up the idea of, of it being hard as an adult to like make new friends and it's great like, like you see like if you put on the tv for an hour you're gonna see like at least three commercials about like online dating sites right for and there's all sorts of different ones. Like christians mingle and then you know the one Farmers for the only yeah far I was going to try to leave that one out. Damn it. <laughs> the one, I think it's like our time for like 15 plus or whatever. Um, we could be on, to, maybe it's like make friends online, like an app. Like it could be, we could be onto something here. Dana. I think there's a thing for that. Damn it. But I don't know. I haven't tried it. All right. All right. We'll do some research. <laughs> um, so I, I only know the bits and pieces of HR that you and I work on as far as like, you know, paperwork for new employees, that type of stuff. What, what is a, the, a day in the life of the HR director, you know, right now for Empower Adventures, just to pay, paint a picture for the listeners as to kind of what a, a quote unquote normal day is for you, Dana? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there is a lot of the paperwork and boring stuff and just checking off boxes and making sure we have what we need. Um, but I think the the biggest role that I try to fill is um, the support and like almost just sounding board for the operations managers, at the different locations. Uh, when something happens, whether it's a difficult situation with an employee or, um, you know, just or how to communicate with the employees is is something that is always evolving and changing. And when you're you know, it's hard to have open and honest conversations with um, sometimes the other folks directly on your team because, you know, there are a lot of feelings involved and um, sensitive information and things like that. So I try to be that available for those conversations, even if it's just to, am I overthinking this? Is this actually an issue? Is this something I need to address? Or, you know, I had a bad day. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, just to, to try to be available for, for those sorts of things. And I, you know, my, my door, my phone is always available for any employees as well. But, um, you know, I think the operations managers do a, a good job that the employees are able to go to them yep. um, first. Um, but just kind of trying to, to be a piece of continuity across all the Empower locations for any issues that might arise. Great, great. And have you like, 
obviously the adventure facilities are outdoor they're customer facing they're there's a lot of face-to-face -face interaction and you know obviously there's been some modifications based on the you know recommendations of the cdc and everything um have you found that there's been and I, you might not have an answer to this but I, I find it an interesting we went from you know going full tilt in these adventure park operations being in person you know people through the door doing it safely to you know this time last year i think all facilities were closed or close you know just coming yeah. out of closing did you see any difference in like you know maybe the the traditional hr challenges was there an uptick when things were kind of shut down and it was really really remote um what you know because I, I envision like you know the more traditional you know medium to large business is facing some challenges if you know if people are continuing to work remotely Do you, did you see anything like that where there was a, a spike one way or the other um whether it was when we got back into being in person or when we were in that holding pattern to reopen <laughs> um i mean i think the challenges were just different i don't necessarily think there were more um but it was just we had to be so much more understanding with people's fear um what they were comfortable with um you know and just like you know there was no suck it up you've got a, a runny nose today yeah. um which you know is probably how it should be but as we know in the united states <laughs> sick time <laughs> is not something that's given out freely and um if, if, if there's things that need to happen and and we need bodies to run those programs or whatever tours unfortunately you know there's we depend on our employees to come in and and with covid it's like well if you have the slightest headache sniffle tickle in your throat like stay home yep. <laughs> for two weeks we don't want to yep. see you and, and yep. that's you know i think how I, most businesses treated it but that was a, a big challenge um you know uh, dan and you know we would just suck it up <laughs> we would I, show up i yeah. don't know how many times i got that cold medicine going and and kept my distance but it wasn't um so serious so you know yeah yeah it's funny i mean i remember i don't know if i, I don't know if it was 2010 but i think i think it was like the swine flu yeah situation I think that might have been 2009 like that might have been a year before you got there yeah, yeah and i remember you ta talking about the program in november yeah it was wild like <laughs> all right you know there's runny noses and people are sneezing and coughing all over the place mm -hmm. but it really didn't think anything i could i could only imagine what that would have been like if like the social media news media was what it is what was then what it is now because like everything is in your face now like you can't open a yeah. social app without like don't do this or do that but do it this way um and then yes working with you for however many years it was six seven years yeah it was a lot of oh dana if you feel like crap today let's just get through this little part and then if it's mm -hmm. go home after that or just take it easy the rest of the day. And we, we kind of played that role for each other a little bit where if one of us was having that runny nose or <laughs> the smashing headache, or you're like pretty confident the flu is coming. Yeah. <laughs> it was all right. Let's try to get through 
the customer facing side of the business the best that we can with a smile and now and now you just you can't do it and it's a complete 180 from you know the tough it out mentality all right that's good to hear good to hear <laughs> <laughs> um what do you hope when this thing is all said and done and you know next year five years down the road 10 years down the road you can look back on this and as a as a I can't call you a young professional, but you're definitely not an old <laughs> professional either. As, as a medium-aged professional, <laughs> Ouch. <Alert>. <laughs> <laughs> we shoot it straight here, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what do you hope? Like, looking back on this when it's all said and done, like, what do, what do you hope that you will have taken away from the past 13, 14 months of, of kind of adjusting and adapting? Yeah, I think it's something we've already kind of been able to start seeing is that shift of like what's really important. Mm -hmm. um, like, yeah, the grind we've we've been there, but like our, your health, that's important. You need to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and as you know, businesses should, you know, I think hopefully be more receptive to that and and hopefully there will be programs in place that help make that a little easier. <laughs> um, and, you know, we have that ability. Um, but I think, you know, taking a step back and, and thinking about like what's important here and how do I keep myself and others, you know, happy and healthy and safe and um, what do we need to do in order to accomplish that, I think is something that I hope more people realize um, Sometimes it's as simple as wearing a mask and washing your hands. And, and sometimes it might be a little more than that. But. Yep. Yep. Great. Great. So this is Dana Adamowitz. She leads with Empower, HR director of the Empower Adventures operation. Dana joined Empower Leadership Sports and Adventure Center in Middletown, which we don't have that property anymore. We now operate out of a different facility um, as fresh out of college, I believe, or finishing up college. You're from a small town up here in Connecticut, yep. Central Connecticut State University mm -hmm. graduate. Talk a little bit about that, like find, finding Empower and what, like, what, what was there? I know there was a, a key kind of experience <laughs> in your life that led to you kind of chasing down this idea of being a ziplining guide. Talk a little bit about that and maybe your early years of yeah. balancing a couple jobs, finishing up school and, and all that type of stuff, Dana. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I remember it vividly. <laughs> um, I graduated college. I graduated in December. My classes finished up of uh, 2009 uh, and I was working at a garden center and it was not going to last a lot longer for me. <laughs> I've been there for five years. I adore them. I'm actually in one of the family members weddings this summer. Um, but it just, uh, I actually got paid really well for working with plants all day <laughs> but the like family politics and and all that was was rough and I got my college degree I wanted to see what else was out there uh so I was applying to everything and anything that winter slow at the garden center I did a lot of really I, I don't even know why I did the interviews I guess practice <laughs> but I remember I'm pretty sure it was like a craigslist posting for um some adventure job and i was like okay let's you know that'll be fun for now whatever and i kept applying to like 
marketing jobs and all the stuff that it would have made me miserable. Um, <laughs> and then I remember getting the call at the garden center to set up an interview. And I was like, yes, any day, sign me up. <laughs> um, and I, I remember dressing up for the interview and walking up those terrible steps in heels to the office. <laughs> I'm going to jump in the, a learning moment from those experiences is when, again, we're no longer at that property, but when we were and we were interviewing new people is like, you can dress as nice as you want, but choose your foot, footwear wisely. Heels and trap rock are a no go. No, no. Um, but I survived. It, I mean, it was a little bit cold in there. I didn't take my jacket off. So you couldn't even see like that. I was wearing like a nice top or anything. <laughs> um, and then I went back and I did an interview with Joe. So my first interview was you and it, yep. it was, um, you were recovering. And then my second interview. <laughs> I wasn't recovering from anything bad. I got stuck on the zip line course for a little while. I was fine. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. It's, um, yeah, it's not the first time it's come up. I'm sure. <laughs> um, and then, well, Joe had a black eye when I interviewed yep. with him. Yep, yep, yep. Um, that was a tough. That was a tough stretch for Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah. So you guys invited me to training, and I was so excited. And uh, it was cold. It was in February. Was at the training, and it was like a week long. Like we yep. did a bunch of nights. And then a couple of days and it was a big training class. There were like 12 of us. I was going to say 11 or 12, something like that. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, I, I don't think we, I really started doing tours until at least March, but I think it was an early spring that year. Yeah. Um, and you would text me and you'd say, I got a tour at two. Does anyone want to work? Do you want to work it? And I would say yes, every single time. And I would go <laughs> at the gardens and I would just like crop right, like off at one um, next to my name and leave. <laughs> <laughs> true story I, true story yeah. <laughs> um and so yeah and then you know we started picking up tours and i you know was working both jobs at the garden center um and doing zipline tours and i remember um seeing the email joe was looking for office help um yeah. because he couldn't keep up anymore <laughs> because yep. he was still running a bunch of tours too at the time and I was like, oh, I work in the office. That'd be great. And I sent him an email and he like immediately called me and said, we'll talk about it. And he asked me to start working in the office and I put in my two weeks at the garden center and that was really the rest was history. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get it. We're going to dive into that a little bit. What would you study at central Connecticut? Yeah, I studied business management because I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I figured I could apply that. And I think that worked out well so far. Yeah, it's, that's a good, good show. And it's a great, like I, in a conversation I had with Sarah, who's, sure. you know, for our listeners, our marketing uh, uh, director, um, the, something came up a couple of weeks ago about like the concept of happy accidents and Bob Ross, the painter. And it's one of those things like you just kind of really just exemplify that in your statement. Like I applied that because I didn't, I, I, I wanted to do this major because I figured it would apply to something, didn't know what I wanted to do with it. And then lo and behold, the happy accident comes where it's, I'm hustling two jobs, picking up any zip lining tour. I'm glad zip lining tour guiding was more fun than gardening. I, I'm going to take it that way at least. <laughs> <laughs> Anything um, would have been more fun than gardening <laughs> at that point, but. Um, but it is, it, it, I think it's, it's, 
it gets to that point of like, sometimes you might not know exactly how something's going to shake out, but you take the first step and then just being aware of, Ooh, there's an opportunity over there or over there and kind of playing them out and say, and you even touched on that with like your interviews, just doing interviews almost for the sake of practicing. Cause, and yeah. then you never know, like the worst case scenario, you get a little bit more comfortable for the next interview and the best case scenario, you get a, uh, you know, you find a job that you can you know, stick around with for a little while. Definitely. Um, before graduating, there was a, a an adventurous trip that mm -hmm. also I think ignited your internal fire for adventure. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, I like to think that that trip helped like make my resume stand out. But after hiring for Empower, I don't know how much gold you had in that stack. So <laughs> it's enough. So it's enough um. to build teams. <laughs> Good teams, you know. So yeah, so I, um, I had always kind of, I always wanted to go to Australia. That was, I was on my, my bucket list, if you will. I was like, I'm going to go to Australia. I don't know how, I don't know when, but that was like something I always wanted to do. Um, pretty much like straight out of high school. That was like something high on my list. And, um, actually when my, my coworkers, I'd gone to high school with her. She worked at the garden center too. She had done a trip, um, with international student volunteers. Um, and she had done a trip to Australia. And so I was like, oh, great. Like, I'd love to do some conservation work and see the actual, like, not just the tourist spots, like actually, you know, immerse myself in the culture a little bit. And um, one of the great things about doing a volunteer trip is that you can ask for donations. So that helped me pay for it. Yep. <laughs> um, so I did two weeks of conservation work and then we did two weeks of traveling up the coast. Um, so I got to see Sydney, I got to see the Great Barrier Reef, I got to go bungee jumping and diving and um, whitewater rafting. Um, we went rappelling in the Blue Mountains. Like I had done some of that stuff, like some of the like whitewater rafting and rappelling a little bit and like Girl Scouts yep. um, through school, but this was like real stuff, like <laughs> big, it was a lot like bigger and, and like, I don't know, the rappelling, I, I very much remember the rappelling and it felt a little different going over the side of oh, a platform, but it's still that, that first step off is always yep. scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that was, I had done that the summer before I started working at Empower. And so was there like a lot, we see it happen all the time and, and you and I have ran, have run multiple training classes together too. So we've always seen that dynamic of in, in the interview, and even maybe on like the practice zip line, mm -hmm. someone has this, this, you know, high level of confidence in themselves to be able to do what they're going to be asked to do to be a, a, a competent and effective zip lining guide. And then there's a ladder that is only about 10 feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> and it is amazing the shift that could happen in those 10 feet and where people go from like confident ton of adventure experience to standing on this first platform again at our course in Middletown it was a, a zip line that was about the exact length of a football field to a, a platform that was 50 feet in a tree and suddenly <laughs> the the confidence uh that 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 some people had with two feet on the ground was like flushed down the toilet and it was I don't know if I can do this like did you have any of that kind of like having gone through the stuff you did with the scouts and then, you know, the, sure. the adventures that you, you took part in, in, in Australia, did you still have that 
like get to that first platform be like oh god what did i sign up for like <laughs> and and how'd you how'd you talk yourself through it because yeah. you did you did every yeah. like the the list like you you were uh our first and maybe only female receiving guide doing retrievals on zip like so you did you, like leading rappelling leading team building activities leading zip line tours being you know in critical spots for our big group so obviously you you had it mm -hmm. um but was it always like that? Like, did you like did you have to really lead yourself through that challenge and, and talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I had uh, to quote uh, Dan Jascott here the pucker factor um, <laughs> on that first zipline. It's the first time I'd ever ziplined. I, I mean, clearly I had done plenty of other fun, adventurous things, but I'd never ziplined before. I remember you told me I held my breath the whole way, and I was like, oh my god, I totally did. Uh, which you've told thousands of people that. So um, I think that was one of the stories that really helped me connect to guests to yep. working in Middletown. But um, I mean, I've, I've always like, I've never been the first to jump up to say, yes, I'll do it. Um, but like coaching myself through it is just something I've, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I try to think of like a pivotal moment, but um, I think it's always worse in your head. Yeah. Like, pretty much every time when you're thinking about like oh no like all these things could go wrong and then you do it and it's fine and you're fine and you're most of the time glad you did it so yeah. I think just the more times you do that um whether it's you know like when I'm rappelling or I remember when we went bungee jumping I was so hungover when um, <laughs> I was in Australia and that was um terrifying i would never do that again but i'm glad i did it <laughs> um and that goes for both the hungover bungee jumping and bungee jumping and just regular yeah, yeah. okay i got you <laughs> duly um, noted if you're thinking about bungee jumping do it with do a it. clean clean mind <laughs> it wasn't my fault that the party bus was the night before um but yeah i think it's just a matter of like you know, there is always that coaching yourself through it, but it's also having people around you to support you and encourage you to do it. And the more times that, you know, you have that support and you, you work through it and you do it and you realize that wasn't that bad, yeah. the easier it gets. Um, so. And that training, that training class that year, your training class was, was interesting because we had a mix of like in college, just out of college. We had some people who were you know, full-time employees elsewhere and that were working on weekends or part-time around their schedule. We had a couple younger mm -hmm. employees, maybe just finishing up high school or just getting into college. And it was a really good group. And that, that, you know, there were a lot of people holding their breath on the first zip line that went away, I think pretty quickly for everybody yeah. because we were going through it together. And, and it wasn't just, you know, Joe and I as the trainers, but it was really everybody kind of rallying around the group and, having fun up there and hooting and hollering at, you know, every completion of every zip line, which, you know, that, that first big training class is to this day, one of my favorites. One, it was, it was the first, yeah. you know, and, and two, it was, uh, it was just a really good group of people that connected really well, who didn't know anything about anybody prior to starting. Yeah, no, I, I have a lot of um, fond memories of that training class and, um, I mean, we, we did a lot of things that we don't do now. We learned a knots. Yeah. Um, we, 
yeah, we went through the, we went through step by step, like the, the manual that <laughs> you were given, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it was good because it gave us a lot of time together and really set a good foundation for the year. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny how things have evolved. Like the manual initially that we had, I think was like six pages long. And now the standard operating procedures manual is like a hundred pages long <laughs> and you know not tying is not necessarily as critical of a skill for just a reg like a zipline guide but it is still part for like the emergency ops training like it's still something that's in there but we found what we feel like is the right slot for it um the <laughs> the other part of and it wasn't really training per se but it was we had some changes to the course in between your first year with us and your second year. And I poked a little fun at you in the beginning, but I, I would be <laughs> remiss if I didn't poke fun at myself. The, the Multivine Traverse and Stand Up Paddle Boarding are two adventures that you and I shared together for the first time. We were yeah. both we're part of groups both times, but we did <laughs> Stand Up Paddle Boarding. My first, I think was your first time doing it. Yeah. Yep. And it the high off the ground multi-vine tight wire traverse yep although i think i might have done it in college once i i i couldn't remember if it was on the like one of the low ones or the high sure. one but we've had this conversation so many times like we sucked mm -hmm. at that <laughs> i want to defend myself i think i was better at the multi-vine than you initially probably I'll give Just, you that. I didn't have Elvis legs, so. I did. I had, a, I, and for the listeners, Elvis legs is when you're holding on for dear life and you're <laughs> using every fiber of muscle you have in your body and it just starts to shake uncontrollably. Um, yep. I've been there. I was just as scared as you on the multivine the first time. You just I held just it together better than I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's calm, cool, and collected on the exterior. <laughs> Frenetically holding on for dear life on the interior. <laughs> but it, it was it, like what, what was great. And I think you, you touched on this, like having the group of people around you. And when you and I would work tours together, that was something that came up every time we took people across the multivine who were nervous we'd be like, oh, you know, you, you got this. And we would demo and show them like, this is what a fall looks like. We'd give them all these tools. And no matter how nervous they were, they never looked as bad as I did the first time I did it. I'm like, how is this possible? Like I do this all the time. We gave and them all the tricks. I, I was going to say it is. It's It was a testament of like, you know, being supportive, but also saying, hey, hold, hold up high because of this, or, you know, keep your feet moving or whatever it might be. And it's, it's funny what people can do when they have the right resources and support around them. <laughs> Definitely. When and people, I, oh, sorry. Okay. When people would go across or, or would be about to go to cross those elements, I remember people being like, what, this is part of the tour, which that it's a whole nother thing, but um, I would that's be That's a whole like, nother episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least one. Um, but I would be like, listen, these weren't here when I started zipline, when I started agreed to work here yep. and I, you know, I had to do them. So <laughs> <I'll do now. laughs> uh, <laughs> there. So I have a very, we, again, we worked together for like six or seven years. I, I, but there's one instance in particular where I don't want to say you, you like proved yourself to empower, but I, I don't know of a better way to say that, but 
and we'll get into that first, but I want to hear your thoughts first, like your thoughts about this, this next question first, like we, you know, we hired you as like a seasonal part-time zipline guide. And for those of you that don't know, especially up here in Connecticut, in the early spring, if the weather's crummy, that might be like a, a shift or two a week. Right. And then when yeah. the weather gets nice, it might grow up to maybe not full-time hours, but you know, some people with good availability would be close to full-time hours. Um, and you touched on this earlier, like Joe put it out an email to the staff saying, Hey, looking for help in the office. And you put your name in the hat and it was, it was a fit, you know, pretty much immediately. What, what do you think you did or showed to Joe? Like, cause that's a big trust thing, right? You're, we're bringing in, you know, the first year and a few months, mm -hmm. Joe or I were handling the money. We were closing up shop, opening up shop, answering the phones. And to let somebody into that circle that you didn't really know prior to a few months before, like, what do you think looking back on it, like Joe saw this in me, which, you know, gave me that opportunity to kind of be, be a bigger part of the operation. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that like I would pick up whatever tours you had if I wasn't like, if I was within driving distance and I could get there before the tour started, I would, I would sign up. <laughs> so I think that that's huge. Like just that willingness and that like excitement of like, you know, yes, work the tours. Um, so I know that that was a big part. Um, I don't really remember specifically before it just blurred, it all blurs together. But um, I mean, I've never shied away from, you know, kind of, if I see, you know, if I saw Dan checking waivers, like I wouldn't have waited for Dan to check the waivers. That's something I probably would have stepped up to do because I knew I could handle that. Um, and I think that's one of those things that we always love to see is someone taking initiative to yeah. learn the next step and, and take on that next kind of piece of the puzzle um, just to make the whatever the system move a little bit faster and more efficient. Yep. Yep. And I, I would agree. And I, I, I like, it's kind of cliche, but like you always want a team member or, you know, multiple team members, if you can find them who are kind of, Hey, whatever is, whatever is needed to be done. Like I'm, I'm willing to get my hands dirty. And that was something with you that was always, whether it was picking up a tour that we didn't expect to have, but mm -hmm. especially in the first real full year in 2010, it was like, well, we're not going to say no. <laughs> so how can we make it happen um, to getting called at four in the morning <laughs> to, to take Joe's spot on uh, a 24 hour overnight program with a group of high school football players. And that for me personally, that was like that, like stamp that moment of like, all right, you know, and she came in with an extra large coffee with like mm -hmm. six turbo shot. Oh, damn. <laughs> Locked long-term <laughs> contract. Lock it up. <laughs> um, we, so for those of you listening, we, we had this football team from Northern New Jersey, Raritan High School, uh, comes up uh, minus last year because of COVID, comes up with their rising seniors, usually in June or July, for a 24-hour program, um, which it's, it's the hardest adventure program we offer and the initial plan was 
Joe was going to work the whole program with me. And then we were going to bring in a couple extra zip line guides. And I think you were on that mm -hmm. list of zip line guides the early the, the, the morning of their second day. And, uh, Joe's Joe's wife <laughs> went into labor unexpectedly in the middle of the night and Joe had to leave. And it was again, one of those things like, all right, well, who's who, who am I going to call? <laughs> and I don't know if you picked, I don't remember if you picked up or if you had a voicemail from me or a text. I, I remember texting you back asking what time to show up and you didn't respond so I just like showed up. <laughs> I was like, I think they're going to be up now. And I brought coffees and um, it sucked though. Cause I couldn't fall back asleep in between that time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like worried of oversleeping. Um, but I, I mean, I remember that um, a lot more so than showing up early. Like that didn't, that wasn't even a big deal to me. Like, yes, of course I'll be there. But cause I think I was supposed to work that day anyway. But for me, what I remember most about that weekend is that you were also supposed to go upstate it was like yep. your one trip a year yeah and like joe had talked to me about that because he was going to need me to step up a little bit for you to go it was um, a bigger step up than anybody anticipated yeah. <laughs> yeah it ended up being like no joe no dan <laughs> and i was like all right and um this the most vivid part of that entire weekend um of course obviously the birth of jj but um i you know we did the zipline course for at some point i don't remember if you were there or not but i remember it being in front of the raritan because it was high school boys i zipped down line five and i did a nice tight cannonball because i didn't like pulling myself in and my shorts split wide open so, sorry. <laughs> um, and it was early, like it was before like rec groups usually started. Oh yeah. Um, their zip was always at like seven, seven 30 in the morning before the day-to-day -day operation would start. Yep. And it was July and I had to wear rain pants the rest of the day. <laughs> and it was awful. <laughs> it was so hot. Yep. 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 So um, that was my, like Joe had his hit, whatever his moment was, mm -hmm. you know, you know, to, to, bring you into the but that that from an operational standpoint was like all right we can go into battle with dana there's no no <laughs> questions asked <laughs> um what would you say is one like from your time in in middletown when you were really hands-on in the operation and, that, and unfortunately with you know the way the I think the company has grown and obviously your family has grown. You're, you're not as hands-on in operations as you were then. What, if you could look back on your time, like when you were entrenched in the operation, whether it was as, as a guide or the AGM office manager, whatever those different roles were like, what's something from those experiences in those positions that like, vividly sticks with you to this day like every day you wake up and it's kind of part of the fabric of you know you getting through a day effectively honestly i think it's um i'm trying to remember when it was like i remember joe giving like a pep talk or something about him coaching himself through something mm -hmm. and i think it's it it's kind of that sentiment of just like because in my mind at that time, like 
Joe was this amazing leader and he started in power and like, you know, he was probably still a little like infallible in my head. Like, um, and he had said something about like having to coach himself through and it wasn't, it wasn't anything like that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, like, yeah. And like, I, I think I, I did coach myself through things at that point, but to think about like, no, I need to actively like coach myself through things when I'm having a hard time whether it's, you know, something that like, is just stressing me out or even just making me angry or whatever. And I mean, I was actually just telling Chris the story that CJ was having a really hard night the other night and it was bedtime and it was a little bit past bedtime. So everything <laughs> was really hard and I was getting so frustrated with him. And I was like, just, we just need to brush your teeth. Like, just let me brush your teeth. And like, it just wasn't happening. And I had to like, take a step back, take a breath, coach myself, like, okay, I need to be understanding he's only three. <laughs> Whatever's going on in his mind is what's going on in his mind. Like, what can I can control right now? And I can control myself and I can, you know, help him get to the point where we can brush his teeth and get to bed. And I think that's probably just that coaching yourself through and, and figuring out how, what you can control and, and how to get past the challenge. Yep. Love it. Love it. And, um, you know, one of the other moments in, in that, again, I remember you, you just, you know, stepping to the plate kind of unexpectedly was um, with Xavier High School here. And they had a, a, a I don't know if it was a, a leadership class that might have come up, they, which they had done. But I, I, in the probably the last hour and a half of their program, I had gotten a call saying that a family member was in hospice and, and it was you know, the, the home stretch and, um, it was another, uh, you know, time when it was, Hey, Dana, can you come out here for a second? I don't think I said anything over the radio, it, you know, and then explain quick, probably not very well, <laughs> Ex but explain the situation. And again, just, you know, jumped in the program, didn't miss a beat. Uh, we still work with Nick Serretta and Xavier. So it was, it was, it kept the, the streak alive. <laughs> there was no mess up whatsoever. It was run <laughs> to a high standard, but, um, you know, I would say that that was always, you know, something that stuck out to me is that hey, if it's last minute, if it's something we have to plan, because we've also spent a lot of time planning events that were three months away and kind of grinding it out every day. And, and, um, but those moments when it was that sudden change that you can't expect and that something happens, I'm always appreciative of those moments because like you said, sometimes, you know, life happens and you have to make an adjustment and, you know, to be able to turn the keys over to somebody who was going to live the empowerment and, 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 and run it to the standard as if it was any, you know, you know, Joe running it. That was always something that was, uh, you know, held in high regard and still is. So appreciate you for that. <laughs> Anytime. Um, <laughs> Call me now. I'll get on the plane. What? <laughs> We'd have to wait longer. We'd have to hold off the tour a little longer than we used it to. The twenty-five like minute hours to drive. So <laughs> I might as well fly. <laughs> what? If you could look back on your time in Middletown, is there a a group or a program or an event that sticks out to you as like a highlight? It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> It has been a while. Um, there's definitely like, I could give you probably like at least five, but mm -hmm. what it comes down to is like 
usually those highlights for me were helping someone do something they didn't think they could. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we had a, a new guide and we did a great job. She was technically phenomenal. And she had like her first scared guest and didn't know what to do. And like, they were both like frozen. And I went out there and I got the person to zip in like two minutes and they had been up there for like 15. <laughs> that was a highlight. But um, there was a, a woman, she had come back and I don't remember her first visit there, but I remember when she came back, she was gearing up and I was barely paying attention to them gearing up because I wasn't working that tour. And she was like, it's you. And I was like, Hi. Hey, hey, hey you. Yeah. And she was like, I'm back here because of you. When I was here last time, you made me. And I don't force anyone to do anything they don't want to do. But she strongly like, encourage. Strongly yeah. encourage. She was like, You forced me to do the cargo net and the multivine, and I hated it. But I'm back and I'm doing it again. And I brought, you know, so and so. And I think those were the highlights for me, like that that they I had such an impact on their life that they'll probably never forget me yeah. um and like that's where like and I, ha- I didn't do nearly as many group programs the group programs I did were not nearly as impactful yeah <laughs> but that one-on-one with the guests I think is um is probably like the, the biggest highlights that I have yeah yeah would agree and that's again I think it's it's a testament when you talk about leadership like what seems kind of small and insignificant to us can have a life-changing effect on somebody else and for the good or for the bad, right? So like those interactions, you know, between people and, and, you know, having been stuck on a platform with somebody trying to coach them through the fear of whatever it is that was going on in their head, it can be frustrating, but you know, when you, when you, when you make, when you crack it and when you, when you make that step towards they're ready to go, like it was just doing the job and it wasn't like anything in our mind that was ever extraordinary. And then you have instances like that where someone remembers you, who you are, what you did to help them and why, and why, you know, they feel good enough to come back because of that interaction. So. Yeah. And I think that brings me back to training. One of the things that, was something I had never experienced um, with that regularity was something you are so phenomenal, phenomenal at Dan is like, you'd go out of your way to like one-on-one to be like, Hey, good job on X. And you were and you'd be like, Oh, thanks. Like you weren't, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that, but like you made a point to like acknowledge those triumphs as little as they were. And it really mm-hmm. makes a big impact and really like, I mean, for me, I, that's always what I, I'm a people pleaser. So like, if I can get a, an, at a, at a girl, I'm like, well, there's the next one. What, what can I do? Um, but it was something that I saw, like I noticed, I don't know if I picked up on it immediately, but like as working with you and working programs, I would see that impact people. I would see like, whether it was, you know, I, I, just like you going up to someone like one-on-one like not like the big group ones sure but like that one-on-one that like eye contact and like the hay with something specific i would see like someone break out of their shell with those yeah um it's if yeah and it 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 really and I, i i i do again obviously your story about that woman coming back is a testament to it but it's for anybody listening and i don't care if it's you know leadership in school or sport or at work like if you can just find time for a small, a small attaboy, a girl, a small, 
hey, great job. If you try it this way next time, it might even be easier. Have you ever thought, you know, just one of those, like it could be a 30 second interaction for a lifelong lesson for somebody else, a lifelong, like, you know, a lifetime positive experience for somebody else. And, um, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that's something from our experience working together. And I know, I know you had that impact on other people over the years as well. Again, you don't get to do it as much as now, mm -hmm. except for working with the ops <laughs> managers, but, <laughs> um, the transition to spending most time behind the desk, hard, easy. The first year was hard. Um, it was really weird. <laughs> I mean, at Empower, like I was, I had plenty of desk work to do, but I very rarely sat at the desk um, when I was on location, as you know. Yeah. Um, it was very weird. Um, it was like the lack of people was weird. Um, I did pick up a, a winery gig on the weekend. So like, I still got the interaction with people. I got out of the house. Um, since then, um, it's actually life is kind of like it was in Middletown. Like I'll set up my desk for, you know, 15 minutes to an hour. And then I have to go, you know, get Luke up and give CJ lunch and, <laughs> <laughs> and like clean up a CJ's just potty trained so clean up a mess and then, <laughs> and then I get a call from um someone from work that like I need to enter in information in ADP or something so pop up my computer again so <laughs> now life is kind of similar to what it was just a little more uh, a little less pressure um and I can do it all for my pajamas yeah so yep. there's there's perks there um, or the new business casual which is like pajama pants and like a nice shirt <laughs> yeah yeah um pant sales did actually go down during the pandemic not shirt sales just pants yep. <laughs> doesn't surprise me one yeah. bit <laughs> um and that's in in I that one of the things I loved about the the office in Middletown was you were right there Right. Obviously, you're picking up phones and you, we, you'd have computer work to do, you know, some of it, not you know, fun, some of it tedious. But you'd see it, you'd always see the car pull in and someone walking up. It was like, I'm going to, you know, it was almost at times like a race, like which one of us is going to get the door to get away <laughs> from the computer work. <laughs> uh, definitely. Um, what obviously the winery gig was something that satisfied that face-to-face -face interaction what were some of like leadership tactics like now you're on your own there's not kind of a constant check-in or a constant hey can you do this when you have a moment it's really that self-driven responsibility like how did you handle that from a you know from a leadership standpoint because you know i know like joe still had expectations but it wasn't like when you work alongside somebody, there's that really palpable, like, you know, I don't want to let somebody down or I want to make sure I sure. do a good job, whatever that you know, kind of motivator is. How, how, like, how did you, what were some of the tactics that you've implemented going from that really hands-on in person to, you know, in reality, I can just mail it in today and like pick up the <laughs> phone if I need to, or answer an email when it comes in. There's those temptations, I guess, you know, when you work remotely that you don't have when it's in person. Yeah. I mean, one of the things though, that's nice is 
I don't have a ton. Like I don't, right now I only work about 10 hours a week. So I have those days where I'm like, I should get that done, but I'm going to do that tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, My deadlines are usually not, um, there's not as much, you know, rush. It's more like get this done by the end of the month versus like this needs to be done by 5 PM today. So, um, that's kind of, it's evolved to that. Um, before I would, uh, lots of lists. Yeah. Um, like that's, and that's always been my, my tactic, like making a list and picking the priorities of the day. Yeah. So this is everything I have to get done. These are the things I have to get done today. Um, and kind of every day kind of refreshing that and seeing where I'm at. Um, I really like to cross things off the list. So such a good feeling. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of my, my method there, I think. (laughs) The pat that's that's the, the self at a girl that you can give yourself is <laughs> crossing it off. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> well, it's nice as in my role right now too. I put out like fires sometimes. Like Joe'll be like, I got this letter, and I'll be like, I'll take care of it. No yep. problem. <laughs> um, because none of my work is usually like super like has to happen. Um, I can, you know, take on an extra challenge and make a phone call with customer service for, you know, our cell phone plan or or something yep. like that, which those can really throw a wrench in your day when you are dealing with a lot of deadlines and, you know, higher stress situations. So, yeah, there hasn't been a lot of like, please wait on hold. It'll be 32 seconds until someone picks off. It's like, (laughs) before you know, it's like, I spent the whole day waiting on hold for somebody and still didn't get the answer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Um, the worst. So go it like transitioning. Cause it was like when in, in the office role and we, like you helped immensely with like the group sales side of the business, like getting invoices out, emails, checking up on group sizes and all that type of stuff, like food needs, all that type of crap, which a lot of times that is like, it comes in and it's like the turnaround needs to be immediate mm-hmm. versus what I, what I would describe based on what you just talked about, like more of a project oriented, like it's not in five minutes. It, it, it needs to be done in five weeks or five mm-hmm. days how how did you how do you go from i think that fast pace where basically as soon like i always thought we did a great job as soon as something came in the the response was out and it was almost immediate or pretty darn close to it talk a little bit about that transition because it is a little bit of a mental thing like how do you go about now going from send this invoice send this invoice which is all immediate immediate tasks versus you know uh re you know redesign of the handbook which is like a a a couple month project or whatever it might be like talk a little bit about that like what and what strategies you you know i think implemented especially in the beginning when it was new um to be productive but also recognize that like i don't need to get this huge project done in one eight hour shift it's going to be broken up into pieces yeah i think um what's kind of nice about that. And at the time I had, you know, I had no children when I first started working from home. So it was a lot easier to be like, you know what, I'm feeling ready to go. I'm going to work on this for a couple hours. And then when I lose steam, you know, I can come back to it. Um, or I would give myself a goal. Like if say it's a handbook, I, I got to get through these three sections today. I have to finalize these three sections. That's my goal for the day. Um, kind of giving myself mini deadlines. Um, yeah. cause I really, uh, 
I need a deadline <laughs> in my mind because <laughs> um, otherwise I'm like, ah, and then it's, you know, it's like crap. I have to get this done. And, <laughs> the and, day before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, that pressure always, always helps. But I think that's just kind of giving myself mini deadlines and breaking down the project, um, making those list items again. That's what works for me, I think. Yeah, great. Dana Adamowitz as a leader is dot, dot, dot. For me, being a leader, I think, is one of those things that I didn't realize I had leadership skills for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was uh, was called bossy. I was the admiral in Girl Scouts. Uh, (laughs) We had our, our little patrols and, you know, we had to cook or clean or whatever and um you know I was really like set on like well we have to get this done we were told to get this done uh so I think for me my as a leader is I think I am pretty goal oriented um I think that's probably one of as a leader that's I'm really focused on the end goal yeah um obviously how you get there is important, but as long as you get there, I think that's what I'm usually more concentrated on. Final answer. Yeah, we'll go with it. <laughs> biggest, um, biggest strength. Ugh. Is this an interview? Yep. <laughs> and you know, it's coming after that. So you might as well start yeah. thinking about them both. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think what we've talked about is just kind of doing whatever it takes uh is like you know not being afraid to take on whether it's extra responsibilities or you know regrading the the gravel parking lot whatever it takes (laughs) Um, another fun middletown connecticut (laughs) empower task of of older older days thank goodness (laughs) yeah i don't miss that (laughs) moving porto potties that was another fun one too oh yeah right in the back of that truck with the full porta john Whew. you weren't a real team member until you rode in the back of the truck with the full john yeah <laughs> what's your biggest leadership weakness or challenge yeah i think uh asking for help is always a challenge i think it's something you struggle a little bit with too yep, uh, i would say i would agree <laughs> i think that was a challenge for the two of us when yep. working together is yep. neither of us would uh we would just kind of grind it out until we got it done yep good answer good answer um obviously when you were in in the operations we had kind of a core team that was pretty formed and then in any seasonal part-time job there's always you know a decent amount of turnover in like seasonal staff where you're you know having to kind of rebuild relationships with the new people while maintaining now in this environment you're not necessarily tied to a specific location but you are critical in the operation in connecticut virginia uh florida the and then you know the kind of the quarter i'm going to use it corporate uh, from the corporate headquarters side of things um how do you go about like, because you're not with people and, and we've, and Joe's done a great job of like bringing us together for certain things, whether it be, you know, business meetings or fun or a little bit of both. So we can build that rapport with people. 
how do you, how do you go about and like what are some of the strategies you implement because at the end of the day relationships and trust and communication are really like if those things are lacking you can have the most talented group of individuals in the world working together they're not working together and they're not doing it effectively how do you go about building those relationships and that trust that's so necessary when you're not you know rubbing elbows or raking rocks or you know, weed, you know, weed pulling with, with those people that we, we always had the opportunity to do in Middletown when we were in that spot. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a little bit harder. Um, thankfully I have gotten FaceTime with everyone and that helps. And so we have those, some of those shared experiences that we can draw back on. Um, I think it's also just one of those things where the the trust kind of just gets built over time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you start off with those conversations and, you know, Joe will be like, I need you to call this new person and get X, Y, and Z done. And then, you know, I call them up and we start, we start, you know, yeah. starting that conversation. So building that trust, um, getting those goals accomplished. I think it's a little bit easier for me um, because I'm like, okay, Joe trusts this person already there. Yeah. Um, and then I'm able to solve a lot of those problems or come up with a lot of those solutions. So the trust I think builds really pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I think the being able to draw on those face-to-face um, encounters helps a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think it's so easy to discount, like, as a zipline guide, right? Taking, like, going back to the earliest, mm-hmm. you know, time of, of you being with Empower. And I, and I, I love, I love, you know, my earliest times when it was really, you know, I look back on when it was just zipline tours, it was, all right, we have two hours only, right? Mm-hmm. Two hours to, and really, it's even shorter than that. We have like 30 minutes from like when people arrive to when we're getting, you know, loading the course, like all that stuff that happens in that time frame, you know, opening the door, getting them the waivers, checked in, restroom usage, you know, put your keys in here, all like the relationships you have to develop in an extremely short period of time <laughs> to be able to then coach them through the nerves or remind them to, you know, follow this rule because like, I, I, I think we always discount, I think the field experience we, we got from you doing that two, three, sometimes four times a day with four arbitrarily different groups of people that don't know each other. <laughs> and then, you know, in 30 minutes to, to build enough rapport so that they trust you on the course. And then over the course of the next 90 minutes, to make it a freaking awesome, memorable, fun, for some people, life-changing experience in the treetops. And I'm sure you're pulling some of <laughs> some of those experiences into, you know, the conversation you have to have with a seasonal employee in Virginia about, you know, freaking payroll paperwork, which is, you know, it's not <laughs> as fun as zip lining, but <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think that that definitely helps. And I spent so much time on the phone in Milltown that yep. I try to start those, com- that connection even then. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, we're on the home stretch, and this is Dana Adamowitz. She's the HR director for Empower Adventures Operations. She's crushing it on the Lead with Empower podcast. Although when I first asked her about being on, I don't know if she thought she was going to crush it, but she's doing doing an admirable job right now and, and keeping the hot streak alive on the podcast. We have a few uh, rapid fire questions. Oh God, I'm so bad at that. That's to like finish the weakness. episode. <laughs> <laughs> the first one, I'm putting you absolutely on the spot mm. with this first one. Okay. You have done or been to done the aerial experience or been to and seen the aerial experience at the current three locations and the original in Middletown, mm -hmm. which course is the best in your mind? So I have a soft spot for Middletown. I spent hours. Good answer. You don't have to hours. say, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, I, I, if I had to pick my, like, top that was gonna that's always gonna win it's the one that like i mean i hear a bird chirping outside and it brings me back to like top of two opening morning you know uh so i think that's got to be and and the the elements in the middle like it's just yeah. so like you don't get that all of those features in a course except for in middletown good answer one for one dana <laughs> <laughs> apologize i'll apologize on behalf of dana and i to paul chris and calvin you I guys you guys will be okay i <laughs> reviews I, yeah that's good um <laughs> sing, single zip line oh single zip line um favorite single zip line mm. and it could be from any of the courses again yeah I'm going to, I'll throw a bone to Tampa, but it's like, it's like, I think over the water. Yeah. Just because of the location. More Those than last two else. zips are so cool. Yeah. yeah. And it's just so pretty. Yeah. So we'll get right. Tampa one. All right. Good answer. You did, you dabbled in some team building initiatives when you were in Middletown. Mm -hmm. What's, if you had to look back, like what's your favorite team builder activity and why? Easy pipeline. No one's good at it ever. I don't have to think about that one. Watching people struggle. Ugh, that's my favorite. Um, what currently inspires you? Ooh, that's a good question. Thanks, Dana. <laughs> um, I mean, my family, um, my boys, seeing them grow. Um, but even like Chris with Twitch, um, he's been doing it for over a year now and I never would have thought that he would be a good streamer when he told me he wanted to stream <laughs> so I think that because he's kind of chasing his dreams which is awesome nice awesome what is a quality of yours that you hope to pass on to the two young pups in the household yeah um, I think like a willingness to try anything. Nice. Awesome. Last one. You're in front of uh, a soon to be college graduate who is in that moment of what do I do now? Right. And I think you had a very similar kind of moment in that December graduation time. 
what's what's a bit of advice you would recommend to somebody who's in that I wouldn't call it limbo, but just a little bit of uncertain. Like I did this for you know two years or four years of college. I don't know how do I get how do I, how I get to that next step. What's a bit of advice for that person based off of your experiences, Dana? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and I think it's just that two seconds of courage to to try something, um, whatever it is, whatever sounds good, whatever wherever the wind kind of blows that like, is that first like, oh yeah, cool. Go for it. Try it out. It doesn't have to be forever. It's you're never going to be locked into something. So I think just, you know, putting on, you know, putting feelers out there, looking at your options and one, one comes along that seems like it's going to be a good fit or a good experience to give it a try. And if it's not, then, you know, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah because before you before you try you don't know you're just assuming yeah love it love it drop the mic <laughs> ladies and gents that was dana adamowitz she leads with empower and a lot of good stuff to take from this uh, you know from her journey and and you know just the different roles she's played in the same organization and and that that development and growth and it's you know i do miss the times in the office um and again, that could probably be a whole nother episode and we'll, so we'll save that. But, uh, um, you know, thank you. Thank you for doing this. I know, you know, you tentatively, you're te- temporarily kick Chris and the kids out for a little <laughs> while. So appreciate that. Pass my thanks along, but, um, but also just great, great insight and, and, and great, uh, storytelling throughout. And, you know, for those listening, I, you know, that, mindset of i love you know the closer like try it right the the worst thing that could happen is you don't like it and you you move on to the next thing and then you know i think when you're part of a team and if it's a a work thing or a family team or a sports thing the mentality of kind of doing what it takes to to help the team move forward is going to get you a lot further than you know the attitude of doing what it takes to just for me to be better me to move forward so dana i appreciate you ladies and gents that was dana adamola she leads with empower hope you enjoyed the episode we'll see you on the next one great leadership may look and sound different however there are common threads that connect all tremendous leaders they are passionate about those that they lead They do that which brings out their best and the best in those around them. And they never take the easy way out because the exceptional will never come from easy.